As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects to Pros. I am your host, Nate Tice. We are going to be recapping the college football playoff final. Michigan beats Washington 34-13. Plenty to go over. Ton of prospects. We got a draft order finalized, finally. Enough uh, mock drafts changing week by week where a team's selecting eight and then 20 and then bouncing back and forth and that changes everything. So everything's solidifying. We are getting into January. We're getting into draft season. We're getting to playoffs. To help me go over the college football playoff and all that great stuff is the great Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, college football officially over now. It's kind of bittersweet, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah. But like you said, we we instead of it's if this team picks here or, you know, we have the first 18 picks of the draft order and that's always fun. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be interesting with some of these and we'll talk, we'll get into it a little bit later in the show, but how the dominoes might fall with some of these teams and who might take a quarterback, who might not, who could be looking to trade up. Um, a lot of different scenarios there. But yeah, first, I think we got to start with Congratulations to Michigan. Uh, felt wow. like they controlled that game physically and figuratively uh, from start yes. to finish, right? Yeah. Um, even when it was a one-score game, it just it felt like they they had control. And I think overall, it was a pretty disappointing performance um, by by Washington. And you know, I think we include Michael Penix as part of that conversation. Um, you know, against Texas, uh, Penix had the best game of his career uh, against a bad secondary yes. and a very vanilla scheme. We certainly celebrated his performance on the podcast last week. Um, he deserved that. Uh, but I also think that his performance put a little bit of, you know, some unfair expectations on him uh, going into this game. Because we also mentioned how the situation against Michigan would be completely different than what he saw against Texas because of better personnel. And then just the way they mix up their their pressures and their defense yes. and what they're going to throw at you. So. I mean, I can't tell you the number of tweets I received uh, this week telling me how Penix is going to be a top 10 pick. And oh, yeah. um, I, I think a lot of fans, they watched the two Oregon games and then the Texas game. And that was their exposure to, to Michael Penix, uh, right. along with, you know, some highlights on Twitter. Uh, they understandably liked what they saw. But the yeah. body of work from this season, when you watch him on tape with Penix, it just it paints a different story, and you know you watch the Arizona State uh, Arizona State tape, you watch the Washington State tape uh, from the mm -hmm. Apple Cup, uh, the Utah tape, 
um, several others. And so against Texas, Penix looked very comfortable um, as if he knew exactly what the defense is going to do. And he knew what With he had to do. three weeks of game planning. Exactly. That plays a part yes. in this. He, yep. had, he knew exactly what he had to do to execute. Uh, but against Michigan, Penix looked unsure of himself. He yeah. was feeling the rush before it even he even got the snap. Um, and you know he's always had a bad habit of kind of predetermining what he was going to do with the football. Yeah. Especially true in this game uh, because again he's yes. feeling that pressure before the snap is even made, and he's thinking, okay, I'm gonna I need to go here with the ball. And doing that, he missed on a lot of open reads because of it. So yeah. you know. Uh, a stat that I find particularly helpful when I project quarterbacks to the next level is what they do on money downs. And yeah, of absolutely <laughs> the yes. top six quarterbacks in this class. So what Caleb, uh, Drake, uh, May, yep. Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, yep. and then the two quarterbacks in the title game. Yeah. Penix was by far sixth of the group in percentage of pass attempts um, on third down that resulted in a first down. Uh, and the struggles to convert on third down were again an issue for him against Michigan. So, and I don't want to paint this as um, it's all on Penix because the offensive line had some really bad moments yep. uh, throughout the game. The defense was, I don't know, feast or famine at times. I mean, some yeah. of those gap fits in the first in the quarter, half, whew, but the first oh, yeah. first twenty plays was a little terrible. Rough. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So, bottom yeah. line, I think that from an evaluation perspective. This Michigan defense is the closest thing that Penix has seen yes. to an NFL defense in his career. Yes. And it was a rough, rough time for him. And I think it showed several of the inconsistencies mm -hmm. uh, that are in his game. Uh, you know, the reason why neither of us really view him as a first round pick. It doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback, good college quarterback, yeah. and someone that will have an NFL future. It's just we're talking about first round expectations and neither of us really saw that with him uh now I, i'm not gonna lie you know watching him against texas it's like okay well you know maybe he because you know he did move move around in the pocket he did you know he did some nice yes. things in that game that's okay hey this is progression this is good and then uh, against michigan again a defense that is closer to what he's going to face week in week out in the nfl it was a lot tougher. So, uh, you know, I, I thought the the Michael Penix conversation when it comes to the draft came back down to earth after last night. It did. And I, I think what you keep saying is what, what's the most important part is that that was the most realistic coverage scheme that yes. he'd face in the NFL. And I thought there was times that he did have a nice clean pocket and there were times that he had to manage pressure. And I think that mm -hmm. is very realistic to the NFL that you're not going to have a whatever he has, his pressure rate was so, so low this year. The offense line was great. They ran a lot of play action. Mm -hmm. And again, this was, I, I kind of figured uh, like that this was going to be the plan of attack by uh, Michigan was, you know, was that they would show a lot of blitzes and then adjust a lot of things post snap, post coverage uh, and adjust their coverage, show a blitz, run cover two behind it. And that caused some confusion with Penix. And again, like you brought up the point that he kind of gets locked onto his reads. I thought the second interception was a great example of that. Yes. Again, it's, you know, it's kind of a, a tough situation anyway, anyway, but it's fourth and 13. I thought that play is a sale concept. And I know sometimes you don't want to use like scheme and when scouting, it's kind of like you don't want to use it all the time. But this was a great example of why I have hesitations with Penix. He doesn't throw over the middle. He doesn't progress to throws over the middle. This sale concept is an outbreaker on it. He throws it to McMillan. He's locked in on it. Mm -hmm. Michigan rotates to cover two with three safeties on it. On a sale concept, the throw typically is the backside dig on that concept. That's right. one that you want to get to. That's Roman Dunzier. 
is the backside dig. So it was there. It's not like it was open. It's there. It's yeah. not the guy you don't want to go to. It's the guy was, you do yeah. want to go to. It's an X. And on that play, he's locked in on it. They rotate the cover two. There's a little pressure on the edge. He could have stepped up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And on that, but nope, he's like, I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing. Ends up throwing the pick. The first interception, empty. On that play, he goes coast to coast with his eyes. And this is just where I, I help sometimes I have the quarterback background. That concept is not a coast to coast concept. And what I mean to that is you're not supposed to go right and then all the way back to the boundary to the left. And that's what he does. And you can tell he's like, ah, ah, he, he, his feet are telling him to throw and he doesn't know where to go with the ball and ends up, he lobs it, gets hit and ends up being an interception. Uh, thrown over the middle. This was the stat I brought up last time. In this game, he went three for nine for 37 yards, uh, mm-hmm. throwing up from 10 to 22 yards over the middle, a touchdown and a pick. The touchdown was what I thought his best snap was progressing, hitting uh, McMillan late in the red zone. But he only had a 22% success rate on throws over the middle. And that is always going to be the thing I come back to, the big platform that he needs throwing the ball. And that's why I had hesitations. I kept saying, oh, he's a day two guy. And people were like, what? So you take him the first round, though. And I'm like, no. It's like I appreciate that he does launch it downfield, but he does a lot of things that I hesitate on because he's a six-year guy, third year in this offense. These are concepts he should be getting to the advanced answer, and sometimes he just does not. And that's what causes my hesitation a lot. Yeah, and and that's fair. And you know, I think before going into this game, uh, you know, I wrote how if you know he plays well, it wouldn't surprise me if a team talks themselves into him as a top twenty pick. Oh, um, you know, not not that I agree with that, but it wouldn't have been surprised based on what he did against Texas, and then if he could do it again uh, in a similar way against Michigan. It just it, it was he wasn't able to do that, and I think yep. you know it again. What he did against Texas set up some pretty unfair expectations for him um, as just you know what he is as a quarterback, and so yep. it, it's going to be interesting now. Um, you know, he has a Senior Bowl invite, has not accepted it yet. Um, I wouldn't be. I think that he could really benefit from a week at the Senior Bowl. Not that I it's going to drastically change what you think of him, but it could help. Um, I, I do think he's pretty beat up physically, and that's something yep. that um, a lot of guys. You know, I was talking to um, an agent the other day and asking, you know, wh- one of his juniors um, got an invite. I was like, "Hey, are you gonna? Is he gonna play? You know, it'd be great to see him." He's like, "I, I talked to him about it. And he's like, I've got three broken bones in my hand that I've been playing through. I'm not going." And like a lot of guys are banged up right now. That that's yes, one of the bigger reasons why if a guy pulls out of the Senior Bowl or Shrine Bowl. It's just to try to get healthy uh, more so than, you know, trying to uh, act like they're bigger than the game or anything like that. So we'll see with Penix. He got beat up last night, um, you know, and the the medicals and the durability and all that's a totally different discussion uh, when it comes to him in in the draft. But, um, you know, again, I don't want to put it all on him. Again, the offensive line. Right. The interior line got beat up at times. Yes, They saw a defensive line that maybe, you know, they probably haven't seen. I mean, Oregon has a good defensive line, but not like what Michigan has. And so um, several of those guys struggled. Um, You know, I. I, There's drops, too. And and then that was also, too. It's like that. that, Yeah. I charted. Frustrations. Right. I charted three drops uh, when I went through the tape this morning. Um, Flipping sides. Um. You know, let's let's talk about the team that actually won, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry JJ about that. JJ McCarthy <laughs> in Michigan. Um, J- let's have a tough conversation uh, with JJ McCarthy because he's I, he's coming out. He's got to. You know, Harbaugh has likely gone to the NFL. You just won the national yeah. title. Um, I, it would be a pretty big shock if he doesn't go pro now. Um, he was good last night. He missed some throws. Um, yes, but just like Alabama, just like against some of these other teams that he's faced. 
he showed up when his team needed him the most uh, with his arm and then with his legs, especially that 22-yard run in the second half, that huge third-down conversion that he had. So I think when you you have the uh, J.J. McCarthy discussion, it's so much of it is based off projection, and that it it really makes it tough because he's just not asked to do anything overly complex in this offense – um, it, a lot of clean windows are schemed for him. He does a great job, especially over the middle, working the tight end game. Yeah. Um, it, just things are going to be so much harder in the NFL, and there feels like there's a gap. How quickly he can bridge that gap uh, is the question to, or is the answer to, you know, the question of what what is his draft grade? Where do you draft him? What's yeah. his ceiling? How quickly is can he get on the field for you? Um, and I think a lot of people are going to look at the stats of the season and what he did and be impressed but i think you have to almost divide them into two sections you have the first two months of the year um where he looked he, he looked great and i did this earlier Mario of ohio i say bowling green <laughs> um you know yeah. all those teams so the first two months of the year he averaged 10.6 yards per attempt 78 yeah. percent completion i mean just oh, they were fired it ridiculous it numbers. <laughs> yeah yeah the last six games which you know is the the tougher part of the schedule yes. penn state ohio state uh big 10 championship game alabama yep. um and then of course washington uh his yards per attempt dropped to 6.8 so four yards huge difference and then his yep. completions were 66 percent, which not a bad number um you know but obviously a much different number compared to what he did against the the easy portion of the schedule right. so he is not someone, you know, they don't put the game on his, on, on just on him. Um, you know, they ask him to manage the offense and it just feels like there's a projection there that is going to be, create a wide range of opinions throughout the scouting community, throughout from team mm-hmm. to team. Um, he could be anywhere from the third quarterback to the you know, sixth quarterback drafted. I don't think either of those outcomes would really be overly shocking. Um does he go in the first round? I don't know. Uh, that that's a know, tough, tough question every, to answer. I've heard at this everything. Point. <laughs> yeah, I've I, heard, it, it's. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, I, fans need to remember there. This is not. There's not a consensus board out there that every team's no. drafts from at quarterback. You know, the, every team looks at these guys so differently. Yes, I, I don't know. It's you know last year is, we haven't started interviews. Which is yeah, just, oh, yeah. then that throws well, a whole new monkey wrench into it. it, it <laughs> that's something where I think, uh, that's where McCarthy, I think, is going to flex his muscles a little bit. Because I think every time I talk to a scout or somebody about McCarthy, I think the intangibles are the first thing I always, I always bring hear, up. Yeah. How smart yeah. he is, how yeah. unflappable he is, um, just the way he carries himself, the impact he has on his teammates, the, the coachability. Um, you know, I, there, there's a lot there from a mental perspective uh, that, I, I, teams are going to be drawn to coaches are going to be drawn to, and that's going to be something that really helps him throughout the process. Um, but you know, it's just some teams are going to be out on him. Some teams are going to be higher on him. Um, it's something yes. that we'll have to feel out throughout the process. It is. It, the, I feel like it's the guys that like him are going to love him. Like, yeah. I think he's going to have some quarterback and offensive guys that really like him because I like Shanahan type guys are going to love him. Mm-hmm. He throws really well on the move. He can create a little bit. He throws over the middle, and and if he has a bad play, he's going to throw it over the middle again, and that is something that they value. I wish he would gain fifteen pounds, maybe you know, yeah. like that would be that would be my biggest thing with him. That always causes me concern with quarterbacks. But he also might be under two hundred pounds right now. Yeah, I mean, he is he is it's, very very light, but he's a loose athlete. He's he tough, yep. and you know, and him throwing on the left is the most impressive thing he does. I think because mm-hmm. it shows off his athleticism, and he has. I would say his first. 
his first three throws, which might cut him on three different drives, but no, his first three throws were quite impressive. He had one where he worked backwards in the pocket, working left, hits an outbreaker. He had one short that he hit nice, like uh, progressed over to the middle, a little spacing concept, which everyone runs, but it's good to see him. Got, he got to the third read on it. Right. And then he has the over route to Roman Wilson, uh, which I thought was just a really nice ball that uh, he hits over the top. Mm-hmm. And I, so it's just like, okay, I actually was almost going to text you. I was like, hey. Hey, maybe they're going to let him loose. And then they yeah. just pound the rock about 15 straight times after that. Right. <laughs> and then two long touchdowns. Uh, but I saw that. And then he had a couple sprays, like you mentioned. I think sometimes when he's throwing outside, especially deeper, he's a hair late. He feels like he has to gun it. And this is a common issue with younger quarterbacks. And then he overstrides and then the ball sails on him. Yeah. It's like a clat. And that's just, again, he doesn't have a lot of reps. Not even just, I, I, I can, if he only throws eight to 12, 15 ga- times in a game, how, how do you think they practice? They're like, it's, right. I, I went to Wisconsin practice and I'm telling you where it was, you know, we're doing this inside run or we're doing this, this position and we have eight runs and two pass plays. So it's just like reps at practice as well. You have to think about too. So I've, I have no idea how I feel about him. I still have him in the day two range. I, I, that battle for QB four to me is going to be up every week. I'm going to change. Like it, it's just, it really is. It's like, I, I, every week I watch a new game. I, and then, then we're gonna have the combine, all this stuff, but I with him is I can see why guys like him, even if I'm not all the way there yet. But the, right. he, like you said, the projection is very interesting because of the things he does do well. And, and, he, and also, I mean, oh, oh, sorry, I, I want to bring this up too. Was you brought up his scramble on that third and ten, yeah. uh, on that third and long backed up? That is such a key component to quarterback play right now. Watch yeah. Josh Allen against Miami on Sunday night, right? And I, I tweeted the stat for the three of the last four years, the Bills have had the best third down conversion percentage in the NFL. They've had three mm-hmm. offense coordinators in that time. You know what the constant is? They have Josh Allen. Yeah. And being able to run with your legs and get that first down is when everything else goes bad is like just such a thing that you have to pull. McCarthy has done that several times this year. It, Drake May, that's a big part <laughs> of his thing. game. I, he is one of the best scramblers uh, that I've evaluated the quarterback position. Yeah. And a lot of what he does is on third down. It's That's it. It's funny looking at his third down percentages – as a passer and then you know it's 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 fine but not great and yeah. then his overall third down um success on just his dropbacks it shoots up because his ability to use his legs and go <laughs> yeah. make it happen um yeah, yeah it's it's, it, it's interesting um yeah, yeah. The, the mccarthy conversation is going to be interesting we'll be talking about yeah. it i mean we've been talking about it he was my qb3 I mean, over the summer and i mean uh, Somewhere even, in even the November. cupcake schedule that you mentioned in that time, you're like, "Hey, this is good to see," but we haven't seen yes. it against this team. So, like, it's just been, yeah, every checkpoint's kind of felt fitting almost. The other thing with him is, what's his record? It's twenty seven <laughs> right. and one, or I don't, I can't remember Something what it is. Like that. Yeah, that's going to be brought up often early yes. it, it, with teams as they mention him. He's a winner. That that's something that every that's team will a mention. Big thing. So, and it, who knows if if Jim Harbaugh goes to the Raiders. Uh, is that something we're going to see them paired up again? That, that's that's another wrinkle in all of this. Right. That That is a real thing, I'm sure. It's how teams uh, might look at this. Um, Falcons. Falcons at pick seven. Yeah. <laughs> you can't rule it out. You absolutely no, you cannot. Um, yeah. You know, we, we saw that with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. You know, like it's it, it's something that it doesn't really matter however how the team thinks of them if the coach is brought in like that. Uh, you know, it, it, but it, it, we have to remember that with these first round quarterbacks, um, 
it's an owner pick, you know, like the owner yes. has to be on board and it, and some will be, some won't be. And it, we'll, again, we'll talk about the draft order here in a minute, but um, just to finish the, the Michigan Washington conversation, any other prospects stick oh, out yeah. for you? Who do you got? Uh, of all the guys on Michigan, it was AJ Barner, the tight end. Yeah. Not not Colson Loveland, who it looks like a star. He's yeah, gonna uh, yeah. True he's sophomore, a, so not draft oh, eligible boy. yet. Yeah. Yeah. So the two most athletic tight ends I've watched this year were from Idaho and Napa Valley, <laughs> California. Yeah, Brock Bowers. Yeah. yeah. So but AJ Barner, that is a that's a wide tight end right there. Yes. Um I thought he has been a key component in this college football playoff when I got to watch the L twenty two against Bama, just they can run those outside runs and all that stuff, the pin pole with all the guards and everything and tackles because of what Barner does. Mm-hmm. He can block D ends and set the edge. That is a very valued skill. And I think he's an okay athlete. He's not a big, just oversized tackle <laughs> or undersized tackle. Like he's, he's an under, he's your quarterback's best friend, kind of security blanket. But I don't know. I, I, he's only kind of been on my radar lately as I've watched more and more Michigan as the season went along and just thought, thought of him an interesting day three why tight end and mm-hmm. uh those guys are you know not easy to come by that can actually play those snaps so yeah. i actually yeah of all people he stood out to me and then of course you know um i thought donovan edwards was it, that first touchdown was exactly donovan edwards mm-hmm. that that's him right there bad vision right explosive as hell explosive run as right hell. up the butt of his blocker and then just and then do it again back and oh, it's right there yeah <laughs> yep. that, that's it it's his uh yards per attempt on the season went up a full yard after after the title game five. uh because he was he's over five now well no he was three and a half coming was in oh, yeah man. i mean he was donovan edwards was a ghost this year um yep. i just a really strange situation. I, I obviously Blake Corum's the the bell cow, but you still you expected more explosive runs from Donovan Edwards. We did not get that this year um, until the title game when he had those two forty plus yarders in in the first quarter. So uh, he's I know you know just talking to scouts that they expected him to go back after how the season played out. Now who knows? You know he <laughs> right. might look to capitalize on that, and you know uh, it'll be interesting to see what his draft value is um because i know coming into the year when talking about quorum and edwards it was always well edwards is the be- quorum's a better, better player pro. and just yeah it, but the better prospect is edwards because yeah. of what he gives you in the passing game some of those explosives but now it's kind of flipped a little bit because quorum you just know what you're getting and yeah. he has his limitations but you can you know what kind of role that he's going to have with yeah. edwards a little more feast or famine and a little yeah. tougher to project. But yeah, he should test well. And a guy that if he enters this class will be a nice little boost to the running back group. Is is Cor- is Kevin Falk a good comparison for Blake Corum? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, breaking out the 90s running backs. Um, 99, I think, was drafted. Yeah. yeah. But short yards, pass okay. pro, you know, some oh, pretty good vision, but just, you know, short and stocky and, you know, He's a nice auxiliary back. You know, you want him in your room, but you're not going to lean on him. I, I've kind of thought of some teams because Corum, I'm, I don't know if there's a prospect I've like have unwavered on this entire year. And I mean that as a good, in a good way. It's mm-hmm. like, yep, I know exactly what you are. Um, but like, I started thinking about some teams. It's like, God, the Jaguars would love to have a Blake Corum right now. Mm. Just short yardage, pass pro, all the right. dirty work stuff and get those eight to 10 carries or eight to 10 touches just to help out. Um, I really liked him as a pro. Did, I, I I think you talked about him earlier this year. I'm going to go to Michigan's defense, uh, but I I, don't, I can't remember what kind of like your one liner on him. But Junior Colson, the linebacker for Michigan, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah uh, how, how do you feel about him? Because uh, he had some moments and then he had some other moments that kind of wavered me back down as I rewatched. I, I liked him. I mean, I, I think that he, as a prospect, he's probably in that third round range. I mean, he's okay. a guy that's going to be. That's what he looked like. Yeah, I mean, he he can he, he's got enough range where he can make plays in the flat um, in coverage. I mean, I don't I, I question the anticipation a little bit, but he's going to arrive with physical intentions. Um, <laughs> he is, and he's banged up too. I know he's playing through a lot of injuries, but two broken he, hands, I think I saw. Or yeah, two. but you wouldn't <sighs> you wouldn't know it by the way he plays. So no. um, yeah, I, I think he's if he he's expected to declare, and he'll probably be in that third round range, be one of the first linebackers drafted. His communication was really impressive, but it was just something I noticed. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the spider cam angle the whole time. And I mean, this is goes to Michigan's coaching. Uh, but yeah, he, 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 they were calling out. I mean, seriously, it was, there was one point and I tweeted it, but it was watching Colson through this whole pre snap process as uh, Penix is checking twice on the play, first a formation change and then the play change. And Colson's calling out each check. Yeah. And it was just like, and it was very impressive. And he triggers and causes an incompletion. And I, I, I yeah, he stood out to me at least. Um, um, throughout the game, any Washington, the anyone stood out to you? You know, the receivers are the receivers. They, they, Jalen, Jalen McMillan has had a nice playoff. Uh, kind of finally looks mm-hmm. healthy. He is smooth. That, yeah, that's he is. like, that's the best way to describe him, I think. Um, but yeah, Dunze it, looks awesome. Dunze is great. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's so coordinated as a ball catcher. Um, yes. the body control, the ability to finish. Really, really impressive, um, and his ability to kind of expose some of those uh, zones. I mean, Penick, I mean, he was there. Penix couldn't hit him a few, a few of those times. Um, I, the deep ball is something that they've lived on all year, and they just mm-hmm. weren't able to hit it, uh, which was unfortunate for for Washington. Um, but yeah, I mean, Odunze, the, the receiving instincts, just fantastic. I, yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what he runs. I mean, I know he was a big track guy in high school. Um, he's also bulked up. I mean, he's supposed to be uh, close yeah. to 220 now. So we'll see exactly what he runs. But uh, I, like I said, I, there it's not a perfect apples apples comp. But there's some Amari Cooper there with just some of the some of the way he moves, um, just how reliable he is. Um, I don't know. Uh, but regardless, Abdulze is going to be a pro for a, a long, long time and and help yeah. an NFL offense, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I just I, the. Offensive line, we mentioned how they had their struggles. Uh, Washington, um, Fontenew, I thought, was solid. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other end, uh, Rosengarten, I think he showed why he needs to go back for another year. Um, there's, I know he's been kind of uh, feeling out the process about whether to come back or, or go pro, and I think he definitely needs to go back. Um, on defense, um, uh, you know, Braylon Trice had a few uh, – I, I thought he would have more of an impact on this game. Yeah. Um, he had a few pressures, but then kind of when they needed it the most, he just wasn't able to get home. Um, still a really good player. Just His uh, best play His best play to me was a play he didn't even make a tackle on. <laughs> it was a, he beat, he was a short yardage play, and he beat the right oh. tackle inside. It was a really nice move. His, his yeah. one-yard burst is really impressive, and he's really strong. He has strong hands, but then it's like his closing speed's a – you know, leaves a little lacking. It's just that, it's that just, second, third step <laughs> that you yeah, like to exactly. close the, the play. I, I, I worry about him at the top of the rush. That's where he's that's just... That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, he's just, he's not a bendy guy at the top of the rush. That's not his game. That's, that's not, nope. he is a, he Pop. wants to use his hands, go through you. Yes. Um, he can set up an inside move. And like you mentioned, that little, that, that quick first step, uh, use an arm over. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, he's a guy that, that you love the effort. Um, you know, he they'll line him up on the inside. He'll he'll win through the a gap with some of those uh, arm over moves that he has. Yeah. Um, uh, the, but yeah, the violent stabs, that, that's what you, that's what really he's going to, that's his bread and butter. That's going to earn his paycheck at the next level. Um, yeah. and, and he'll set up a ghost move off of that quickly, take his hands away. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he is a, a good, good player. So they, they were I, in my piece. I wrote for the athletic, um, my over under on prospects in this game was at 22. Uh, okay. That would be drafted in April. So okay. a lot of dudes out there, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, who declares and then actually how many people yeah. get drafted. That's another thing. Yeah. Then transfer portal is always a thing and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah the other, only other one was uh, Jack Westover. Cause I've watched enough, enough of Washington's offense mm-hmm. this year that steady Eddie, another day three kind of tight end, but nice, like a solid mover, not overwhelming size or yeah. length or anything like that, but just, yeah, nice steady hands and everything. They love those six yard out stick routes. So he <laughs> right. he's feasted on those this year. Um, so I, I I just wanted to give him a little shout out too. A couple of day three tight ends were kind of fun yeah. to watch. In this and and he thought. he's gotten better. Both Barner and Westover, they've gotten better as the year has gone on. Like they were yeah. PFA graded guys over the summer. Um, but as the season has gone on, they've had more of an impact. And now, yeah, they both have a shot to get drafted now. Neither were on my watch list this summer, like my initial kind of dozen-ish guys. So if they right. want to put that, and now I, I, yeah, I have a draftable grade on both of them, I think. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, yeah, we mentioned some quarterbacks that you know might sneak in, eye of the beholder, but that's top of the draft order has solidified yeah. the lottery, if you will of the NFL draft, uh, but there is no lottery selection. So, um, yeah, we got Bears on top, Washington, uh, Washington Commanders second, Patriots third, Cardinals fourth, Chargers fifth, which is interesting. I'll just mm-hmm. round out the top, top 10, Giants sixth, Titans seventh, uh, Falcons eighth. I got those two mixed up. Bears ninth and Jets tenth. But then it is, yeah, then it gets into Vikings, Broncos, Raiders, Saints, Colts, Seahawks, Jags, Bengals. Jags, Bengals, those last two were not ones I expected mm. to say at the beginning of this season. Uh, but there they are at the end yeah. of the lottery. That's always the so, worst to have the not make the playoffs, but then also be drafting 18th in the, teams, in the draft. Yes. That's, that, that is a tough pill to swallow. Um yeah, I mean, we knew the Bears were picking one. Um, the two, three, four was going to be interesting. Um, just how how those teams uh, were going to play out, and it, it's always interesting in the final week of the year who's going to sit their starters. Who's, you know, that that has major ramifications on how the draft order plays out. Um, so, but now, okay, the Commanders have the number two pick. Uh, it sure seems likely that quarterbacks are going to one and two. Um, 
some I know a lot of Bears fans are still gripping the the hope that Justin Fields will be the starter. Uh, I just don't see it. Um, I think they trade him. That's uh, I, I don't know. And I think that and if we're just going based on odds, that is I think the odds on favorite to happen. The Bears will yeah. trade Justin Fields. They will draft a quarterback at number one. And then the commanders will draft a quarterback at number two. And then it gets really interesting with the Patriots at three. Um, do they draft a quarterback? Uh, do they like any of these quarterbacks enough to draft there at number three? Right. Um, we haven't seen the Patriots draft in the top five in uh, two, three decades, 1994. Um, wow. So, yeah. Uh, any guess who their pick was in 1994 in the top uh. five? Southern is it, Cal. Is it Seymour? No, he he was no, no, he was like six overall. Um, okay, a couple years later after that. A couple years later. Oh, before I actually I I remembered this one. That's why it's going to bug me because I remember I was looking at the last time the Patriots drafted side. Who is it? Willie McGinnis. McGinnis. Dang yes. it! I knew it was another front seven guy. <laughs> yeah, at a Southern Cal, uh, which you know I, it was a good pick for them. But yeah, we just oh, had, yeah. We, we don't have a track record of the Patriots picking top five. Um, yeah, especially Be- uh, Bill Belichick. Who knows if he'll even be the head coach by the time uh, you right. guys are listening to this? But um, yeah, it'll be interesting with New England there at three. They're they're a complete wild card. Arizona at four feels like Kyler Murray's going to be the guy for at least another year. So do the Cardinals go? This really feels like a wide receiver. All these teams could trade back, but yep. if Arizona sticks and picks, it feels like this is a wide receiver or a tackle. Uh, whichever, you know, they drafted a tackle in the top 10 last year, could easily do it again this year. Uh, or is the right receiver there available for them? Um, and really, you could say the same thing about the Chargers at, at five. Yeah. You know, tackle, oh, yeah. upgrade the offensive line. Uh, or do they go with an, another first-round receiver, which, you know, um, I don't they're, – and they're not saying they're cutting bait on Quentin Johnson already, but at the same time, um, you know, it's no – no mystery that they they need to get more explosive uh, at, at wide receiver. So top five is going to be really. Do you, do you have any strong takes on the top five in terms of what you think might play out? Oh man, I I went tackle with the Chargers. I think I picked six when I did their mock a few few weeks ago, and Chargers mm-hmm. fans were not happy. And I just wanted to remind them how Justin Herbert ended the season. Yeah, what, on what, his back. Because <laughs> they want IR. a, they want a receiver. They want, they want a receiver. Well, they want Brock Bowers. That is their really? Brock Bowers is the guy to them. Hmm. Uh, that that's the December January Golden Boy to them. But, I'm um, shocked that I, they they're pining I, for a tight end in the top five I, picks. I, 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 I know, I know. You know, they, uh, but I. For them, I had Fashanu going there, and mm-hmm. why I said that, even though I do not think he has right tackle experience, but the no. uh, Slater had right tackle experience at Northwestern and mm-hmm. that's, and I don't ever want to do that or, Hey, bump this guy over and act like it's Madden. I understand the realistic ramifications of this. My dad was an offensive line coach. <laughs> I do. Everyone that yells at me about that. It's like, no, I understand this, but why I said that's possible is, you know, Slater battled some injuries again this year. And then he still is good. Don't get me wrong. This guy was an all second team, all pro as a rookie, right. but I think, you know, getting him on the right side and then again, Fashanu or alt, if they're an alt, type going on the left side it's like man uh, do you get that with herbert i I think just that's a great building block for whoever takes over plays there so or takes over the the franchise there right i just have fan fictioned marvin harris jr to the cardinals in my brain so i feel like i haven't thought about any any other answer but the tackle one is one especially with dj humphreys and his situation and how the cardinals have been building they kind of seem like they like to eat their vegetables, so I don't know. Like I, yeah. I don't know if they if they kind of go that. I do like the idea of Marvin Harrison Jr. with Trey McBride 
Kyler Murray and Trey McBride have been fantastic oh, sure. this year. So, oh, man, I think that those two could be really cool together. But, yeah, I think the one of the safest bets I have, unless the Titans just go completely rogue, is an offensive, offensive tackle to the Titans. I feel like that's like one of the safest ones I would be willing to make on on January 9th. But they just fired their head coach. So who knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how about, how about you? Do you have like a one kind of one that you've kind of have pinned or like kind of want to see? You know, I just – I sat down this morning. My next mock draft comes out next week once we have okay. all the underclassmen declared and, and we know the pool of, of players that will be in this draft. So I was kind of mapping it out, just going through different scenarios. And I think the most interesting – two teams in the top 10 uh, might be the Giants and the Falcons. You know, with the Giants, mm -hmm. you have a team that obviously with Daniel Jones, a quarterback, they, he, was, he has the ACL now. Is, that's part of the conversation. Um, what is their long-term view of that offense? Uh, would they, if, if the right quarterback is there, uh, say Jane Daniels, would they go in that direction? I, I'm just not sold. I don't know if they would or not. I, I think right. it's, it's a tough call. Um, do they go with the receiver there? Um, so that, that the giants are interesting. And then Atlanta, um, you know, obviously they'll have a new head coach coming in. How does that play a factor? Um, and I think the Falcons are, are now more of a possibility, uh, possible landing spot for Justin Fields. I mean, I, the reason Ju the Falcons didn't draft Justin Fields um, or even, I think, really consider him was, I mean, Arthur Smith was not a fan. That was not his guy. And so now that Arthur Smith's no longer there, right? Eh, maybe Justin Fields to Atlanta has maybe a better chance of of uh, of happening if the if the bears do end up trading uh fields this offseason. So Atlanta's in an interesting spot there with that eighth pick and what direction they might go with uh, a new head coach coming in. So yeah, this is an interesting top 10. Um you know, we've got a few other teams outside the top 10 that we could see possibly move up uh, yeah. say for that quarterback three, whether it's Minnesota, Denver, mm -hmm. uh, Las Vegas, um, Seattle, uh, a couple of these teams, you know, we could see make a move if, if, if they're big fans of Jane Daniels and they don't feel like he's going to make it to, to the teens. So yeah, I think there's some, and this is just the assumption that quarterbacks are going one, two. Um, right. Let me ask you this. Do you think you, do you think it's a realistic possibility to see quarterbacks go one, two, three? I do, but the Patriots, I think, are more of a wild card than people realize. I, I oh, think, yeah. all right, yeah, you know, I, I think we kind of are just like, yeah, that's fine. But I think that's why it causes me hesitation that they might not, and there might be a team that moves up for a non-quarterback. You mm -hmm. know, we talk about how many awesome receivers and tackles there are. They might be fixated on a Fashanu or a Neighbors or a Dunze or Bowers or, you know, someone, something like that, or Alt. They might have a guy that they want to move up to. Look what happened with Will Anderson last year. I was just, just you know, about to bring up that example. I mean, the Texans traded a future one to go up and get Will Anderson because they believed right. in him that much as being the top non-quarterback in the draft yep. and a guy that can impact uh, that side of the ball. And, it, yeah, if, if a team looks at one of these receivers and says, okay, if we add this to our offense – that opens up all of this. If we add yes. this offensive tap, and it, look, there's no such thing as a sure thing, but no. it, it sure feels like with Joe Wall and Foshanu, you're getting, you know, with one of these guys, you're getting a guy that's, I'm, I'm not, not going to use the word safe, but I, someone <laughs> that you feel has low bust you potential. Feel <laughs> you feel great that at the very least, they're going to be a solid yes. starter, but yes. then also have an all pro ceiling. So, yes. you know, it's, 
if you have to move up a little bit to guarantee you get that guy, yeah, I, a team would absolutely right. try to do that. So yeah, the trade scenarios will definitely be flying in the next few months. The the Falcons one is a great call because especially Arthur Blank's kind of uh, their owner's comments like uh, today or yesterday. I can't remember what day, what day it was, but I saw him today. Uh, and he was just basically openly saying, yeah, we're looking to move up. Like just saying, we're going to just any means to find a quarterback. Yeah, I think the Ritter uh, experience put, uh, put, uh, put that franchise, made that franchise realize their mortality. Uh, but I, I think that's, that's kind of what happened there. But I, I think that's a very real thing. It's, uh, oh, they sure. might move up. You got the Raiders who are the ultimate wild card. You never quarterback desperation is a is real true. thing. And yes. when you, some teams, some franchises are just so tired of watching what they've put on the field at quarterback that yes. they will do whatever it takes. I mean, the Browns, a perfect example, Deshaun Watson and what they had to do to go secure that trade and that contract. I mean, when you have a chance, if you think that someone's the guy, you will move mountains to go get him. Yes. So there are several teams here in, in the top 12 to 15 picks that I would not, not be surprised at all if we see them make a move. It, it, it's going to be some interesting uh, – and if you're the Bears, if you're the Commanders, phone lines are open. You're listening. doesn't mean oh, you're yeah. going to move back, but sure. you'd be crazy not to listen to the offers that are coming your way. Um, and it just feels like it. maybe New England doesn't even pick at three. You know, I mean, they're one of those teams that I think they have to feel tired about the quarterbacks play that yeah. they put out there this year. But at yeah. the same time, two, two decades of the goat will do that. <laughs> yeah. No, no kidding. Uh, but they just operate differently. Like you mentioned. Yeah, so they do. Uh, yeah, the, the Patriots are such a wild card there and wild card there at number three. I know it's going to be fascinating. And then we're getting right into all-star game when all of a sudden now the talks, people are going to be in the same area and yeah. talks are going to start brewing. And then that's going to become even more interesting. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIP. Uh, some juniors, some juniors that have announced uh, already, or sophomores, I should say, underclassmen, early declares. Any that you want to go over, any that uh, stood out to you that you want to uh, kind of highlight so far? Um, yeah, and so just to kind of refresh, uh, we had the soft deadline for underclassmen. The NFL officially sent out a list to all the teams of, I think there's like 30-some names on it. Drake May the was early, on early it. Early declare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but then teams still have, or players, underclassmen who have not officially declared, they have until Monday to yeah. quote-unquote officially declare. And then another list will be sent out to all the teams uh, late next week. Um, 
Terry and Arnold announced yesterday, the corner from Alabama, um, that he's he's declaring. Uh, he is my quarterback one. Um, I, I feel good about him as my, my top corner this year. You know, I think he, the growth that he showed this year and all the Tremendous. traits that he offers uh, just has me really excited. And I, I think a lot of people, I got a lot of responses after I tweeted it that he was not even the best corner on his own team. He's the best corner prospect on his team. Uh, the traits that he offers, the competitiveness that he brings. Um, I mean, I had him ahead of Kool-Aid McKinstry in my mock draft back in November. Um, yep. And uh, it, really, it came down to Terry and Arnold and um, uh, Nate Wiggins, the Clemson corner for my yep. my top spot. And I, I lean Arnold. Fair. I think he's got a better body type because... He's he Wiggins, the size, the lean features really. I was gonna say he's got twenty pounds on him, right? Yeah, and that, maybe it, on him. It, yeah. It, that that's something that that's a factor. Yeah, probably closer to fifteen, but it's something that with Wiggins, I mean, he's taller. You know, he's a legit six one and a half and one hundred eighty five pounds. So it, it does worry me to a, a certain extent. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna pass on him in the mid first round, but at the same time, um, I, it does give the edge to Arnold for me, at least as we enter this process. So yeah. between. Um, I'll just list off my top corners here. Um, Arnold's one. Um, two is Nate Wiggins. Three is Cooper mm-hmm. DeGene, who did yeah. uh, officially den- announce as well. Sounds like he has been um, moving around. And so um, I'm very hopeful that we will get a chance to see him at the combine. Because if he works out at the combine, it'll it's be a show. I'm going to petition, <laughs> petition the NFL to insert a dunk contest at the yes, combine please. just to see Cooper DeGene. Uh, yes. Some of his dunks in high school were ridiculous. Um, Cooper DeGene three, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo four, and then Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, oh, so five. now you have Mitchell over Kool-Aid now? Okay. I mean, they're I, right. I get it. I get They're it, right though. there. I mean, I, they have similar grades for me, so it's not, you know, um, clearly I've, this guy over this guy. But as we go through the process, uh, you know, Quinion and Kool-Aid are kind of, they're kind of close. Um, those would be the top five. And then, you know, I think there's a little bit of a gap after that. And then you've got yep. the guys like uh, Lasseter from Georgia, Rick Straw, Missouri, um, you know, the top top seniors after Quinion Mitchell, TJ Tampa, guys like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, those top five, I, I think, are a pretty good group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mitchell is going to have some real fans uh, just because of his traits. And also his play is extremely fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you want to watch a dominant corner in mid-level, <laughs> mid-level football. It's, it's pretty fun. You don't get it. You don't get it often. And it's a lot of fun. Um, but no, that's, I, I think the corner stuff, I think, yeah, people are kind of catching up. Uh, you touted Arnold back. Yeah. First week of November. I remember when you kind of brought him up and said, just trade size wise. Yeah. I mean, you just even to play, um, the competitiveness. Back. I think that, that really that's stands out is. as well. I mean, it's, it's if I'm going to bet, Michigan game. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm going to bet on a corner, I'm going to bet on his athletic traits, his yep. coverability, and then how does he compete? How physical is he? And this guy competes his butt off. And, yep. uh, you know, the mental toughness that he plays with, um, yeah, I'm all in on that. He, he's interesting background. He was a basketball first guy most of his life. And he goes to uh, high school, and Charlie Ward uh, was actually his basketball coach. And he only played football in high school 
as a off-season conditioning thing uh, for basketball, and he was ready to quit. He was like, eh, I mean, football, I'm getting banged up. I'm just going to you know, quit so I can focus on basketball, and Ward told him not to. He's, he told him, you need to stick with it because you're good, and you never know. And then all of a sudden, the offer started coming in for football, and he's like, oh, maybe I need to switch here. And he really dedicated himself to football uh, awesome. his final final two years at, in high school, and it's just been – he's been a rocket ship. Uh, as the development getting better uh, the last you know five years or so. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on that rocket ship to continue getting better. Yeah, no, he's an easy projection. Even solidifying himself at corner has been a a thing, and that's like thing is he's just getting reps now. So I, I totally get the love there, and I totally get the number one ranking. I think I still have Wiggins, but I understand the argument with with Arnold right now. Yeah. But he was a I, I I usually use this term for quarterbacks, but a pleasure to watch uh, in the second mm-hmm. half of the year. I thought he was just a playmaker, uh, well, but no, great the job. Other th- the other thing with Arnold was uh, he, he would travel with the top receiver. So if that yes. meant going into the slot, yeah, he would do that. And he had like a 200 snaps inside. And, and so that tells that, you something. About. Yes. That inside outside <laughs> versatility, uh, yeah. that, that that's to that's me, real. that's a, that, that's a key thing that for his, Grade that not all of these corners can. I mean, some of them can do it, but it's more of a projection because mm-hmm. they weren't asked to do it in college. Nope, that's a great point. Nope. Oh man, we got plenty more juniors to talk about in about a week, give or take. I say we were still yes. waiting on, uh, you know, obviously the Michigan guys and the Washington yep. guys, like Roma Dunze hasn't officially declared. Do Jalen McMillan and Polk do they uh, go pro as well? For Michigan, big ones, J.J. McCarthy, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they've got a uh, couple guys on defense. Um, you know, I mentioned Colson, mm-hmm. uh, a couple guys on that defensive line, um, you know, Chris Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple a couple of these guys need to officially declare. Um, and so it, a few of these underclassmen uh, decisions uh, have not been made yet, but will be here the next uh, next few days. Great. I know. Yeah. And then maybe some of them will get them at some all-star games, which will be even better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, That's we'll Some see. guys, yeah, they, they'll be able to help themselves. So I'm excited yeah. to see who, who takes advantage of that. That'd be great. Well, whoever whoever does declare, we'll be talking about them on Prospects to Pros. As draft season keeps going on, we got all-star games coming up. We'll be kind of recapping and previewing the Senior Bowl, Shrine Game, and other games. Uh, then we got, you know, the Super Bowl coming up as well on the Athletic Football Show feed. So be ready for that and the playoffs and all the good stuff. But we will be here every single Wednesday with Prospects and Pros. We'll see you guys next time. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.